This chapel message is brought to you by the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. I want to talk to you today about being mindful of Emmanuel. Mindful of Emmanuel. The first mention of Emmanuel in Scripture is back in Isaiah chapter 7. And then the angel comes to Joseph to bring that news to him because Joseph is perplexed. He wants to believe Mary's story, but he knows no one else is going to believe it. What is he to do? It takes divine intervention for us to sort of get on God's plan, especially something this dramatic. So an angel comes to Joseph and says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us. If the Christmas story is about God coming to be with us, isn't it important that we're mindful of that? It's going to be so easy every year, this year included, to get caught up in the hustle and bustle and not being aware and mindful that God is with us. So questions. Are you mindful of Emmanuel? Will you be mindful and aware of God's presence in your life, in your life this year? Now, what got me thinking about this was not of scripture that wasn't at all related to the Christmas story. It comes out of Psalms 131, Psalm of King David. O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I will not occupy myself with things that are too great and too marvelous for me. But I have calmed and quieted my soul like a winged child with its mother. Like a winged child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Now, Spurgeon has rightly said that while this is one of the shortest psalms, it's one of the most difficult to understand. So I want to unpack just a little bit of it. Time won't allow us to do it justice. But for our purposes, I just want to point out that that first verse is all about David being humble before the Lord. Humble enough to come into his presence in a meaningful way. Scripture says that God loves a contrite heart. And David had that. Despite his, his uh, mistakes and sins of his life, he came back with a humble heart before the Lord. And in coming in God's presence, he knows that's important. The second verse is, I have calmed I have calmed and quieted my soul. Actually, God did that for him. And he did it because he came into his presence like a weaned child. Now, what is that all about? If you think about it for a moment, a child before it's weaned comes to his mother with an expectation of getting something to get nourishment and wants to be with his mother for what he can get out of it physically, materially. But when a child is weaned, that child wants to be in its mother's presence because of the love and comfort and presence and warmth of that relationship. And that's what David wants and has experienced in his relationship with God. How many of us spend most of our time coming to God because we want something? Or we want to tell him how he needs to do his job? How often do we come because we just want to physically be in his presence and experience his love and experience his comfort? This is what David was capable of experiencing. And because of that, he had hope, both now and forevermore. 
There's so many verses in Scripture that talks about the presence of God, and we're not going to be able to, to get into those today, but let me just point out a couple of them. In Psalm 42, which is also carries over to Psalm 43, it's talking about being in God's presence and how it's important for us to have a passion and a longing in our lives to be in God's presence. As the deer pants for the stream of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. And in that wonderful story in Luke 24, of the uh, two on the road to Emmaus. And when Jesus came along incognito and explained uh, the, the law and the prophets to them about how it all pointed to him coming to be the redemption of Israel and the redemption of the world, and, and then they, uh, their eyes were open. They said, did not our hearts burn within us? Because we were in the presence of the Lord God Almighty in the form of his son, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> I love Psalm 73, and it's complicated, and we won't get into it, but a couple of things I want to point out. The psalmist, one of the sons of Korah who wrote this, he was having problems because he saw all the wickedness in the world. He saw the wicked prospering, and he said the effect it had on him was that my feet almost stumbled. He almost lost his way. He almost lost his faith in Yahweh because the wickedness around him. But it says, but then... And when I went into the sanctuary of God, it wasn't a problem anymore. The circumstances around me faded away when I got into the presence of God in his sanctuary. That's what God offers us to us as well. Let me recommend a book for you. It's called The Practice of the Presence of God. It's about Brother Lawrence. It's not necessarily written by him. He was a monk that lived in the 1600s in France. And he purposely chose to go into a monastery and volunteered to work in the kitchen. His primary job was washing dishes. But people came from far and wide to be with him because there was something amazing about his, his experience with God, of being in the presence of God. And he shared that in letters when people would communicate with him. And people that came and spent time with him wrote about his life and it's all compiled into this book. The practice of the presence of God. If you want to get stimulated to understand how to be in the presence of God, read this book. It's amazing. It'll transform your life. So I just want to point out there's something different about God's presence and about our awareness of God's presence. We know these attributes of God come from Scripture. He's omniscient. He knows all things. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. And he's omnipresent, meaning he's everywhere. So we know God is present if we stop to think about it. In fact, from the beginning of creation in Genesis 1, we read, Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. God present from the very beginning was in the earth. And then David comes along, and after his, his time with God, he says, Well, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you're there. God's presence. But David had that unique ability to recognize it, to be mindful of it, to be aware of God's presence in his life. And God calls us to that same type of relationship. <clears throat> so the question is not whether God is present. The question is whether or not we're mindful of God's presence. This is a time of year we can, we can get very quickly 
unaware of God's presence because of all the hectic things that are going on. But the presence of others in our lives is so important. If you just think back to your own life and all the people who were present in your life, who made a difference in your life, who directed your life, who encouraged your life, some not so much, others so much more. Parents, friends, teachers, mentors, pastors. But the question for us today, is God's presence making a difference in your life? If not, then we need to be mindful of God's presence. From the, God's presence, as we already said, his spirit hovered over the waters, but his presence was in this world from the very beginning. So much so that in Genesis chapter 3, it leads us to understand that there was times of fellowship where God would walk with Adam and Eve in the garden. And also, we have this promise, if you go to the other end of the Bible, that his presence will be with us all the way into eternity. In Revelation 21, it says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them, and they will be his people, and God himself would be with them and be their God. That's what we have to look forward to. God's presence from the beginning to the end and into eternity. God wants to be with us. And this is something that's really changed my focus as I'm studying Scripture these days, that we sometimes talk about uh, man coming to Christ, seeking out God. You know, it's all, if you read Scripture carefully, it's always the other way around. God has always taken the initiative to be with man. He loves us. He created us for a purpose to have a relationship with him and for us to be his image bearers and bring glory to him and be a light to the world. But he's always initiated that. Here's just a few examples. God created that special garden to have a relationship with Adam and Eve. He came to Abraham and called him out to a special land of promise. He came to Moses and called him out to set his people free. He came to the prophets and faithful servants of old. We have so many stories and scriptures of that. And he came to Paul on the road to Damascus. He entered Paul's life and was present with him and transformed him. So much so that when Paul's reflecting all this, when he's uh, speaking in, to the king, uh, the governor in uh, Acts 17, he says, God did this. He created mankind so that men would seek him and, prepare, and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he's not far from each of us. He's not playing hide and seek. He's there. We just have to open our eyes. He's already taken the initiative to come to us. For in him, we live and move and have our being. God is ever present and ever wanting us to know that he's present. When Jesus was present on earth, he made known his purpose. And his purpose was that I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. There's other purpose statements for Jesus being here. But if this is one of the key ones that he came for us, that our lives might be full and rich and eternal. And when Jesus left to go back to heaven, he was going to fulfill his promise that he had never leave us or forsake us. He said in John 14, I'll ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. He dwells with you and will be in you. And that's the Holy Spirit. So he's present in our lives still today in the form of his Holy Spirit. So what about Christmas? Christmas is coming up. What's important about God's presence for Christmas? Well, first of all, God's presence in human form was foretold from 
the old covenant, Isaiah chapter 9, for us and for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And then we have this beautiful passage that John wrote in 1 John. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. He came to dwell among us, to be present among us. And that's what Christmas is about. Emmanuel, God with us. God thought it was important enough to create the world, create us, and then come live in our presence. And how's that fit into the Christmas story? Well, God's presence was made known to Mary. God sent an angel to tell Mary that she would give the birth to the Son of the Most High. And what did Mary do? She said, let it be to me according to your word. She responded in faith. God's presence was made known to Joseph that we talked about. The angel came to him to reassure him and tell him this complicated, unbelievable story is true and that he could trust it and he could trust God in the story. And he told him what he needed to do. And what did Joseph do? He obeyed. He believed and obeyed. He made known his presence to the shepherd. God sent angels to proclaim the good news of great joy that will be to all people. And what did the shepherds do? They came and worshipped. They came and worshipped. And he made himself known to the wise men. They sent him a, he sent a star to give them a sign that the king of kings was being born in Bethlehem. And what did the wise men do? They came and brought gifts and brought praise to him. All because God made his presence known. As Jesus was ending up his ministry just before going to the cross, he gave that wonderful discourse in John 14, 15, and 16 to prepare his disciples for what was to come. And then in 17, he prayed. And in his prayer to God, it's called the high priestly prayer of Jesus, he prayed that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us so that they, the world may believe that you have sent me. His presence is a key for the world knowing. His presence in us, living in us, is the key to the world knowing. And you think about it, Jesus wants to spend time with us. This is often used as an evangelistic verse, but it was actually a verse written about the church that had not opened its door to Christ as they should. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him. That's what he offers to us, to come in and sup with us, to have time with us, to give us attention and want our attention in return. That's being mindful of, the, of Emmanuel. So unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So what will be our response to that? What will be our response to that? Let me give you some suggestions. At Thanksgiving time, Bert told us that Thanksgiving is like a password. It's what gets you into the gates of heaven. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. So thanksgiving is a thing that opens the gates of heaven. It opens our hearts. Cicero said that, that gratitude was the mother of all virtues. It's something that opens our hearts to God. So begin 
that journey into the presence of God with thanksgiving. And then if you've been away, far away from God like a prodigal, it's time to come back with a confession of faith and renew that relationship with him. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. It's a very simple formula. Living a Christian life is, not, is, is difficult, but becoming a Christian and renewing your faith vows is very simple. Confession of who Jesus is. And then, if this, you don't make this happen, it probably won't happen. We need quiet time. We need quiet time with Jesus. And this season especially and for the purpose that this season is all about, we especially need some my, being mindful of Emmanuel. And it's going to take a supernatural power to make that happen because we ultimately have to have God open our hearts and minds. The Holy Spirit has to bring a conviction, has to bring an awareness, has to bring a, a, the presence of God into our lives. And then, of course, praise and worship. And we can do that individually or collectively because God inhabits the praises of his people. And that's one of the ways we can be aware of his presence. I just want to remind you, a practical thing, it's Jesus' birthday and not yours. It's not your children's birthday. It's not your family's birthday. It's not your pet's birthday. It's amazing how the grace of God is poured out into this holiday, allowing us to give gifts to one another to celebrate his son's birth. But I think it's very important that remember it's Jesus' birthday. The wise men recognized that and they brought gifts to him. So my question to all of us is, what gift do you think he wants from you this Christmas? That's the most important gift you can give one of my favorite Christmas carols is in the bleak midwinter it's a bit of a melancholy tune but it's got some truth built into it especially that last verse it says what can I give him poor as I am if I were a shepherd I would give him a lamb if I were a wise man I would do my part yet what can I give him I give him my heart so my Christmas wish for you is joy takes time in the presence of God to have joy, to find joy. David wrote it clearly in Psalm 16. In your presence there is the fullness of joy. It occurs when we're in the presence of God. Nothing else brings us that joy. In a busy hubbub of Christmas especially, we need to be mindful of the presence of Emmanuel in our lives. So let's just take a moment to sing about that we're going to sing one verse of joy to the world would you stand with me i want you to pay attention especially because there's a message in here again reinforcing about how we find this joy in our life mike would you begin us joy to the world the lord is come let earth receive her king let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing and heaven and nature sing and heaven and heaven and nature sing thank you every heart prepare him room 
That's our chore. That's our assignment this Christmas is prepare room for Christ. Amen? Amen? Father, we just ask you to take the truth of what we've heard today and bury it deep in our hearts so that we not sin against you. But more importantly, so that we can have a right relationship with you. That we can be mindful of your presence in the world. That you sent your son to make us aware of your presence and the gift that you've given us of atonement through him, salvation through him. And that we not lose sight of that, Lord, amongst all the other things that we're doing. That we're mindful of Emmanuel so that we can honor you with our lives. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.